Hey, you guys. We have Miss Kara Winger with us. She was born in Seattle, Washington, but grew up in Vancouver, Washington. She is a four-time Olympian, eight-time national champion, former American record holder, public lands advocate, a dog lover, and a wife. She's a graduate of Purdue University in 2009 in nutrition, fitness, and health, and completed an MBA at DeVry University in 2016 with an accounting um, accreditation and being able to work on um, enjoying photography, backpacking, hiking. She also loves the outdoors, playing piano, reading, and hanging out with her family. In 2016, she became the first female athlete from Purdue University to qualify for her third Olympic Games, and she threw a season-best mark to win javelin gold at the PAM American Games in Lima, Peru in 2019. Kara had the honor and the privilege to carry the flag in the United States of America for the closing ceremonies in 2020 for the Summer Olympics. And I'm so glad, Kara, to have you here. I'm so sorry I was a little tongue-tied. <laughs> but we're so glad to have you here on Black Canvas. No worries. Yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, no worries. This very long career has a lot of tongue, tongue twisters in it, I think. So you did well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate you being here. Actually, you guys, she's our first Olympian on the show. So I'm just so glad to have you. I've been a huge fan of yours, and I love the Olympics. Everyone knows that who knows me real closely is that I love the Olympics, especially the Summer Olympics, and I will watch it year round. And I know Winter Olympics are coming up, and I just love just being able to support anything, of course, USA, but just watching people from around the globe, and especially since the pandemic, um, just seeing how well the Olympics went um, just recently and how, you know, the hospitality and the support that we see in our country, it just was such a great momentous moment. Um, and so I'm very grateful of who you are and what you've been able to accomplish. And we really love, you know, having you here for sure. Yeah, thanks. I uh, I was thinking in Tokyo about what it'll be like to watch the Olympics in the future. Um, and obviously this very upcoming near uh, Winter Olympics is my first opportunity, but it's just there's absolutely nothing like it in the world where all of your friends from so many different walks of life like come together in one place and the the fact that japan pulled it off in the midst of covid is really amazing and it was even more amazing to be there it was like every athlete and coach and support person just took this collective breath like oh my goodness we actually made it here and um, it's a, a real feat so it was it was really fantastic and i agree with the global aspect of it um one of my absolute favorite things is to pay attention to storylines that are not american um because i think you know in a lot of ways there's just as much if not more adversity in those stories so it's it's really neat to be a part of that i will miss it well we're gonna miss you <laughs> <laughs> and i just love that and i kind of want to go into one of my first questions which i think might really help the our audience learn more about you, but can you tell us when did you first develop a passion for sports and how did your family help nurture your dreams and support you in the process? I love this question, especially for my family, because they're not really athletes. My grandpa was very proud of his high school athleticism and um, my great aunt, his sister also loved sports, but my parents, you know, my mom grew up before Title IX was a thing, so she didn't have opportunities as a female athlete 
And my dad is Canadian, so he enjoyed some rugby, but mostly was, you know, like a motorcycle riding, uh, outdoorsy, like fisherman kind of BA sort of guy. So not necessarily into organized sports. But when I was little, we moved a lot. And I didn't necessarily like have large aspirations, but I was pretty shy. And that was really sports were my way to make friends. And it worked. <laughs> I uh, didn't necessarily know how to connect with people <laughs> with words, like right at first, every new place that we moved. But if I could like move around and play and kind of break the ice that way, eventually I could talk to people and, and make connections different ways. But it really started with sports and organized teams. Um, soccer and softball were two of my very first experiences. And uh, really the very, very beginning of that was T-ball with my brother. Cause I really looked up to him, my older brother, um, two years older, and we were close enough in age that we got to be on the same team um, and I just loved that. I don't think that he loved it as much as I did, but uh, connecting with people like through movement is really what started it for me. And I think my parents got that even if they weren't athletes, because we did a lot of outdoor activities. So similar kind of concept. And I agree with that. I, I feel like, you know, team sports, especially when you have siblings that what if they enjoyed playing with you or not, it just kind of just because I have an older brother and we used to play basketball. So growing up, I loved basketball. I loved track and field. Um, he was definitely very fast. And I always thought he was going to be like a track and field star. He ended up, you know, quitting and just deciding to go in a different path. But I loved basketball and I always wanted to play, but I ended up having a knee injury and just issues growing up. And I was like, oh, I can't do what I want. So I ended up switching. I did soccer for a little while and then I switched to bowling, which I loved and did that for a very long time. Loved bowling. Oh, cool. <laughs> Did you know that bowling is a Pan American Games sport? Not an Olympic sport, but it is at the Pan Am Games. I did not know that. Yeah, there are like multiple sports that are at the Pan Am level. So Pan Am's is like a regional Olympics, basically, with more sports than are offered at the Olympic Games. So it's a really neat opportunity that's not the Olympics to kind of see what it's about, but also meet even more people that are involved in sports that you maybe don't get exposed to in other avenues. So that's really neat. Pulling. So Kara, you're telling me that I need to go ahead and try out. <laughs> yes. Indeed. I love that. Yeah, I used to actually, I did travel league for a while. And when I first started bowling, my mom, of course, was very athletic and taught us a lot of things. And I remember, um, I think I was in like sixth grade, sixth or seventh grade around that time was when I really started to love it. And then I ended up joining a team and I actually started a bowling league in my high school um, because we didn't actually have a team and I helped put together our team and we did really well. And I, I just remember traveling and going to different cities and it was some of the most fun I ever had. That's phenomenal. I love that. I love <laughs> it. And it's such an example of, like, I'm a horrendous bowler. I'm terrible. Um, my husband's really good, like, just because he can throw the ball really hard. But uh, the finesse of it is not a thing that throwers always have. So, yeah, I'm just bad. And I love that about those, you know, collective sports moments where, like, you see someone else who's just as good of an athlete as you are and vice versa, but in totally, totally different ways. Um, and I just, I love that about the sports world. Like we all have our unique strengths. I agree. Now, yes. can we talk about coaching? Do you mind telling us about, um, what coach that you've had in the past or 
even in doing the Olympics, that was a role model. Sure. Um, I moved, my husband and I both, Russ, moved to Chula Vista, California from college, like from my last year at Purdue University. And that fall, 2009, um, I started working with a guy named Jamie Myers. So he's my strength coach and he still is to this day. Um, Jamie grew up in Chicago area and then went to grad school in uh, Wyoming. And so just has like kind of everything in one person in terms of like big time sports and kind of the high school leagues, like travel leagues, paid things like volleyball that get really intense um, at certain levels, all the way up to professional ranks with like super, super, super strong men in the shot put in the world. Like he's worked with the best men's shot putters in the absolute world, all the way down to like very beginning developing athletes and his ability to apply all of that knowledge to individuals still to this day is just something that I want to shout from the rooftops all the time. Um, plus have a great time doing it. So Jamie has been my strength coach, um, for 12 years in the last four or five, he's become the person who writes all of my programming. So everything that I'm doing physical, um, day in, day out is something he has kind of a, a heartbeat on. And he's just so open to my input, um, holds me back from myself so often. Uh, his wife became my very good friend in Chula Vista when we still lived there in California and was my matron of honor. Jamie actually drove me to my wedding um, at Maggie's suggestion, his wife, because it was a stressful day, right? And right. Uh, as my coach, like she she knew that that's what I needed in the moment to just like be with somebody who knew how to handle me like when I was stressed. And I will never, ever forget that. It was such a special thing. Um, and then... Jamie came to Tokyo. He's employed by the USOPC, the Olympic and Paralympic Committee. Uh, so he was the head strength person at the facility, at the training facility in Tokyo. And, um, you know, that was my fourth Olympics, but it was the first Olympics that Jamie had been to out of three that he has been my coach for. And it was just such a special thing to share with him. Like, we got to just hang out for, you know, four or five days kind of after I was done competing, but I was still going to be there for closing ceremonies, which I know that we will get to. Um, and I was still training because I wanted to go to Europe after that, but just to kind of share this moment and all of these like very cool unexpected things like with a person that I care about so much like in sport and outside of sport was really, really phenomenal. But um and, you know, it wouldn't have been the same experience without Jamie there because I had so many friends around, but he's just on another level in terms of every everything difficult and great that I've been through in this professional career. So um, I'm just so thankful for him. And he doesn't talk about himself enough. And I've realized in the last year that I haven't um, been vocally like proud of being his athlete enough. And while I have this last season to do so, I'm going to keep doing that. So. Yeah, just the, the individual attention to each athlete, I think, is huge. And his humility in the way that he navigates his career um, is so phenomenal and something that athletes themselves see and respect and just gravitate towards immediately. And I just love seeing that for my friend. Like, he's great for my career, but I watch him be great for so many other people's careers, too. 
I love that you said that, Kara, because I think like people forget like how important it is to have a coach that believes in you, who supports you, but who also can watch from a distance and still be able, you feel like they're there with you even when they physically are not. And that just yes. that just shows the connection that you have, but that even in some of your major life changes and, and things that you've experienced that you have them there, um, almost like a helpmate. Like it's it's almost like this is someone who I can always turn to in those moments when I feel weak or feel like I didn't reach the the pinnacle of success that society or standards of what, what the Olympics, you know, looks like for so many people. But I tell people like just even making it to the Olympics is such a feat within itself um, to qualify, but to have made it to four Olympics, it's just, it says a lot about how hard you guys work, but also about your diligence to, to do your best, you know, in the face of adverse of adversity and things you've experienced um, in your career. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And I think the the truly special, like this speaks to uh, his humility, but you know, I had, I had really big dreams for Tokyo and my most recent ACL injury um, threw a giant wrench in the, into that. But uh, with Jamie, it's always been okay for both for things to be hard and great at the same time. And um, it's just such an amazing thing. And a thing I think a lot of coaches who maybe were athletes really struggle with and Jamie wasn't necessarily a great athlete. Like he'll be one of the first people to (laughs) to tell you that. Um, But he never has applied his own emotions or his own expectations, like for your outcome to any kind of pressure that you feel. And um, where that's most evident to me is like the absolute freedom that I feel to feel every emotion I'm feeling like in front of him and with him, um, when it's both amazing that I made it to that games and really hard that it didn't make that final because it's okay for it to be everything at once. And, um, yeah, he's always been so, so good at that. So, yeah. Well, I, I want to shout him out just saying thank you so much for helping Kara to reach part of her dream of being able to be there but just to be there to support her we need more coaches like that out there who really do care so here i have a it kind of piggybacks off of that can you tell us about your support that you have from your husband and how has he been there to support you in your career yeah he um russ winger i uh was so excited to take his name when we got married because I had some really great things happen as Kara Patterson, but some really hard stuff happened too. And so I was just excited for a new beginning. Um, we met on a junior team um, in 2006. It's called NACAC under 23 championships. Um, it's kind of a similar idea to Pan Am's, but smaller region and just track. So um, we were, I was 20, he was 21 it was 15 years ago, you know, and, uh, it was such a cool experience because there were incredible athletes and friends on that team. Like there are so many throwers who continued on into the professional ranks, like right alongside us from that team. And, you know, that's what those development teams are designed for. But the fact that we all had such a fun experience and like carried that through and had those amazing memories, like to lead us into the professional ranks was really, really neat. Um, 
you know, when I met him, he was like so different from anyone I'd ever been interested in, um, in a lot of ways. And it's just, it's so neat, uh, to think back on it and see that it was absolutely like love at first sight. Uh, I resisted it for a while and we dated for seven years. We're engaged for one and now we've been married for seven years. So it's just been an absolutely cool journey. We were athletes together for 10 years, but we're so different that we navigated it in really different ways. And I think that was hard when we were both athletes. Um, But now that he is actually going to be my coach for my final season, it's been really fun to kind of realize that we still have that fire in sort of how we talk about a career and how um, there are multiple ways that are successful to approach it. And it's just really, that's all I was looking for in this, in this shift um, to Russ as my technical coach is that tiny different perspective um, that is sometimes really different that is just going to, yeah, remind me of the way that you can be creative in training in a way that I'm familiar with, but forgot about a little bit. So he retired in 2016 from throwing the discus primarily. And I'm just super excited to share this part of my life with him again and use it as a bridge to the rest of our lives. Cause, um, it's, we didn't have a whole lot of overlap for five years. We live in the same house, but he travels a lot. I travel a lot. Uh, we kind of pass the dog back and forth and really treasure our time at home together. But we came to this conclusion that he will coach me for my final season in the javelin technique only. Um, and Jamie will be my strength person still kind of independently. Like we both sort of decided on our own, like that would be really fun to work together for this last year. And to me, that's all the support in the world, like um, being on the same page, but not knowing you are until you say it out loud so that you've like thought through what the other person needs and what you need together um, in a way that makes sense in your two different brains. And I just love that. Yeah. I love that too. I think that that just shows the connectedness that you guys have and that he's willing to also be able to share in, in this moment with you because living with someone, being married to someone, but also having someone who understands the hard work and dedication that it takes to train and to get ready for this and knowing that this is, a, it's almost like a farewell season, like in your mind, but it's also just a yeah. celebration of how many years it's taken to get to this point. And most people don't make it to one and just to have this experience of doing all of this and, and he's going to be here to support you along the way. I think it's amazing. Thank you. And yeah, he was such a big part of it for so long. And then it's been such a strange thing for him to just sort of pop in every now and then that I'm so pumped to, to do this last season together. Um, and he's also, you know, he's my dose of reality a lot of times. Like <laughs> I have really, really great friends and very supportive parents. Um, <laughs> who build me up like kind of constantly and uh Russ can be in a really important way the opposite of that <laughs> my uh my calling me on my on my stuff and um you know that's that's really just where our differences are like he he takes me down a peg or two in a really positive way um in terms of like challenging what I think is successful uh, in a lot of different scenarios. And one of those is nutrition. He, he's a fantastic chef. Um, and when he's home, he's cooking me incredible meals all the time and really making sure that I'm eating enough because I get really busy and I don't. And he yells at me for it. And that's important. 
So, yeah, he's my barometer. Well, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that you said that care about just diet and nutrition and just coming up with a plan that works for you because for a lot of athletes, you know, getting in shape can be one of the hardest things because especially since Christmas for a lot of people, a lot of us have just started eating and forgot that we have um, a new year coming and we have to kind of work our bodies to get back into shape. But I think that's a great thing to have someone who's not only a great cook, but who wants you to be in your best shape and, and to be healthy before, you know, going into this next venture in your life. So that's, that's great. All right. So can we go into another question? I want to kind of talk about your Olympic career. So if you could actually sum up your Olympic career in one sentence, what sentence would you use? Oh my gosh, a whole sentence. I feel like words are easier. Okay, let's do words then. Let's do words. Um, I mean, I've gotten in trouble for saying this, but disappointment. (laughs) Uh, and that's not necessarily true. I guess unfulfilled potential is more of a thing rather than disappointment. Um, but variety, truly, are also different. And like irreplaceable is the only word. Um, I've never been shy about feeling my feelings, all of them. And uh, it's not just about the Olympics for me, right? Like so many people only focus on that. If you're an athlete, they're like, oh, are you training for the Olympics? Yes, but (laughs) there are also world championships every other year and Pan Ams in odd numbered years and uh, a lot of other stuff around the world that connects you to people that you would never meet otherwise. And uh, I am not necessarily going to miss the Olympics. I will miss the smaller meets that happen in Offenburg, Germany and Bern, Switzerland last summer was incredible. Like having food with competitors who have become really good friends, like overlooking the gorgeous city of Bern from the Rose Garden. Um, getting to train with one of the best javelin throwers in the entire world in world history um, in that little town in Germany. And so many moments that don't have anything to do with the Olympics, but have everything to do with being an Olympic athlete um, and experiencing the world. But yeah, I have absolutely no regrets, even though I say disappointment, (laughs) I've loved the overall experience of expanding my worldview in ways that never would have happened without sports. So yeah, Olympic career worth it. A thousand percent. I love how you answered that. I feel like that's honest. And uh, you hear a lot of people say, Oh, it was six experience in my life. It, you know, it's not for every person, you know, it's not just about the Olympics. It's about, the you know camaraderie and and the friendships and and the lasting memories that that's that's something you take with you for a lifetime and one memory that really stood out to me is you carrying a flag for our country what was that like being asked to do you remember that moment when he asked you to do it and how proud was your family (laughs) um you know my Parents have been to all three of the other Olympics. They had tickets to Tokyo. They would have been there for sure if they had been able to. Um, I know they were so proud, but one of the 
coolest things about Tokyo and about, uh, I will cry because I will never stop crying about this, um, about being elected flag bearer was that it was always like the whole experience was about teammates and like we couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't do anything. We couldn't experience the city. We were stuck, you know, in that village together, but we'd been apart for so long that that was perfect, all of us. And you just had so many more opportunities to connect with teammates than you would have at any other Olympics. Like I know, cause I've been there, like there's sponsor obligations and parties and houses that you can go to and get swag and like so many things in an Olympics that's not a COVID Olympics. So to be just like watching TV in the village, supporting our other teammates together and bonding in that way. And then for everyone to see me in return in a way, like a light that I see them in, like such impressive humans, such wonderful, like supportive teammates, um, such successful, like incredible, incredible athletes who've reached the top of the podium, but every memory I have of them is not that. It's laughing on the bus or yelling in the weight room, like in the temporary training facility. And like to realize that maybe that's how they saw me too. And give me this honor that replaces like every disappointment I've ever had at the Olympics is an incredible, incredible thing that I will never top in my whole life and I'm totally totally fine with that so yeah carrying the flag itself is you know it's kind of it's the going through the motions part like the absolute like late nights thinking to myself like how could this have happened I'm so grateful to every single one of those teammates who let me know in this incredible way that I mattered on that team on every team uh is amazing and for that to happen at this Olympics that had so much conversation about mental health and taking care of yourself, uh, if you're not prepared to perform or even if you are, and yeah, giving me the biggest gift I ever could have gotten after tearing my ACL twice and never making a final despite doing absolutely everything I could, um, like all of us do, trying with my whole heart. It's just amazing. Amazing, amazing. Uh, when I was told that I was going to carry the flag, my friend Michael Shuey, fellow javelin thrower, got to be the one uh, to tell me on video. And I had known that I was on the ballot for days, but never believed that that would actually happen. And um, it was one of those things where the the USATF like staff member Haley that was going to do the filming like acted kind of weird that she needed to film me doing something and then she was like who are your good friends on the team <laughs> and I gave her a list of people and I was like something strange so I'd already kind of worked myself up uh, emotionally before we were actually on film and he told me and I rewatched that video the other day and it was just so cool that it was Mike because He's, you know, a, a sentimental guy and he's been a friend for four years and this was his first team and he got injured and um, to share that with a fellow knee injury person was, <laughs> was like a very, very strange, very fitting, um, really cool thing uh, and to totally trust him with the emotions that I had with him telling me on camera too. Uh, it just couldn't have gone better. 
I just want to commend you. Like all the things you just mentioned just reminded me of how amazing you are. And and you may not have reached the top of the podium, but you just did emotionally. I think anyone who listens to this will really be um, grateful. I always tell people to, to be grateful for your experiences, but let others be proud of you. And I just want you to know in this moment, I am very proud of what you just did because it is hard to do that. It's hard to show your heart and your soul to others, but it's even harder when you know what you worked for to get to this point and to have someone acknowledge you. As you said, they were at the top of the podium. You are at the top of the podium now, you know, because this is something that many people can't do is to be emotionally invested and to show their heart to others and be honest and authentic and I really felt you when you said that because it just it felt like you you were given an opportunity, but you you have made the most of it since these opportunities. It's like these were little gifts and, and you are able to, to make it the best that you can. So I just want to commend you for going to that emotional place, but also sharing that story with us, because I think that'll teach a lot of people about it's not about winning a gold. It's about what is your actual goals in life? And what are things that you're willing to to give up and what are things you want to sacrifice mm-hmm. and what are things you're willing to do to to keep your own sanity even after the Olympics are over. And um, I think that's the best part I loved about Simone Biles and 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 the things she went through. I, I hated it for her, but it, it opened the eyes to how people can see almost at least as puppets or at least as just as you owe me. And that's not the case. And I'm glad she stood her ground. Right. Yeah. And the thing that I didn't feel like people talked enough about, too, with Simone is that decision isn't necessarily only about her. Like, I'm absolutely sure that she had so much trust in her teammates abilities, too. Like, she knew that people would step up. Like, she knew these girls. She knew these teammates. She knew that um, even if it wasn't her, like, she had been on the mat and on the beam and on everything, like, with these teammates that she knew were also amazing and um that selflessness to you know obviously she's not letting someone have their moment or have her moment but like the trust that she had in her fellow athlete I think is super cool and something that people haven't talked about enough like it's not like the women's gymnasts failed because Simone wasn't performing like other people had a fantastic performances and I'm absolutely sure that she knew that that would be the case And I think that's a great point that you made. I think it was more of she cheered. She could have gone and walked off and and never stayed in in the actual arena with them. But she stayed and cheered and cameras were on her, people asking questions, which I think it just shows us about the stigma behind mental illness and things that people experience and that people thought it was okay to question her and the validity of her claims of why she didn't do it and not thinking of she's still a human being. And, you know, would you want someone to question you openly? you know, in the store about something that just because she is an athlete and is very famous and has a following that it's okay to put a young girl, a young lady in that situation. It's unbelievable. But it was a lesson that I saw and being a counselor myself, I was able to see how much pressure she was under, but that she handled it with grace and class and poise. And that's, that's something that not many people can do in in that circumstance. So um, I, w- I really wanted to commend you, Kara. I just wanted yeah. to stop to tell you that because you going through what you said and sharing that just, I think, will give a lot of hope to people who may have a hard time expressing themselves to know it's okay to just let go and share your experience. Yeah.
Thanks. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. So I have one more question for you. Can you tell us how can our listeners find you online? And the second part of that is if you can give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you tell? Oh my goodness. I've never been good at that question, but I am, most of my social media handles are at Kara throws jab. So Instagram and Facebook, I think as well. And also Twitter. Um, and then I do have a TikTok. I never post, on it, but it's just Kara Winger. I believe uh, I have a website that I'm terrible at maintaining and it's karawinger.com, but I do really enjoy it and I have plans for it in the future. So check that out. Uh, my younger self, I really don't have any regrets. I think that um, I'm, I'm really lucky to have maintained friendships from kind of every phase of, of life, including those really young years when we weren't in places for very long periods of time. Um, and I know part of that is like being you know, relatively visible uh, every four years for the last 16 and people saying hi. And I, I really like that too, when people pop back into my life. Um, but I've always been really open to like new experiences, I think because we moved a lot uh, and I befriended the new kids because I knew what it was like to be the new kid. And I think that that's, that's my advice for any young person is to be okay being open to new kinds of people um and I would maybe lean into that even more like in college and stuff track definitely exposed me to people that I never would have been exposed to before like I said with the world travel thing but that happened in stages through sports and then through track specifically in high school and then through track at college and then in the professional ranks um in the world at large but yeah being being open at all times to new people that enter your life because you just never know and I think the example is you and I talking I love it I just I think that you <laughs> are someone who's inspirational and you're someone who I look up to and I really admire your strength and what you've done you're amazing Thank you, Jeriel. That's that's so nice. Um, I'm really glad I went back to your comment on the Instagram and said hello because <laughs> it was too long coming and I apologize for that. But I like to read back through when people are wonderful and you were. Well, I appreciate it. And like I said, I'm just so blessed that you're my first Olympic athlete. I'm just so happy about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you've done an amazing job on this and just being able to share on this podcast your experience and And I would love to have you back in the future. If you are interested, we would love to talk more and maybe closer to things happening, you know, in your life that you want to share with us. Please reach out to me. I would love to support you and share anything that you would like to share with our listeners. We we really appreciate you being here today. That sounds great. I will let you know. Um, And I really appreciate being your first Olympian, too. (laughs) All right. And thank you so much, Kara. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Well, thank you, Kara, for being here. And if you need me at any time, I'm here for you, okay? Okay, thank you so much. All right, you have a great night. You too, bye. Bye.